it's good for players and parents and coaches on this because um, one, it it'll because you always wonder how did that person get to that spot? Mm-hmm. How do you become the dude? You don't ever look there. It's not Noted. easy. It's not. No one's promoting that. No. The boring answer to that that nobody wants to hear, and whenever I say it to every single player or coach or whoever, they all look at me like, "Okay, well, thanks for the shove off answer." But it's not. You just do. Let's it. finish it. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Closing Pitch. My name is Spiker Helms, and this is a show about people, culture, and how to create a winning lifestyle. We're coming off the Lawler episode, and I I still think that that was just a phenomenal conversation, and it's the first time that I've developed an episode and like the segments of it and I didn't even use any of the segments that might as well have thrown it right into the trash. I mean, and again, that's when you have a good guest like that, it's, it makes the conversation more unique. And whenever we create these podcasts, we want it to be very organic conversation. We have talking points. We have segments that we look at and make sure that there's some type of clear path. Cause we don't want it to be where we're talking about random nonsense, but whenever I have a conversation with Lawler, it's always there is a sequence of events, and we always go back and forth on the combo. So it was just, it was it was, was awesome. He was a good dude, man. I had, I that was my first time meeting Todd, and good gosh, he's a smart, intellectual individual, and that guy, he just he's he was entertaining. I did not speak that much in that podcast, but I was enjoying being a fly on the wall. There was a lot of problem areas that we addressed in baseball space and again baseball is in a really good area right now but i'm hoping i can look back at that podcast and say yeah that's we saw everything that was going to happen mm-hmm. um moving forward because silicon valley is not going to create the technology for sports it's just it's it's the market cap's not there it's not um a profit area for them but these idea guys like Lawler in the Midwest who live and breathe youth sports every single day, they can see the problems. The East and the West Coast, God love you guys. I, I, I love visiting LA and New York City. But at the same time, you're not experiencing, it's not the, it's not the central hub of amateur sports. Now you're probably going to come back at me like, oh, you're all wrong. We have the best youth sports. Um, and I'm open to that debate, but it seems like, um, the like example, Waller and his group are originally from Iowa. Yep. Who would have thought that one of the most influential products in youth sports. sports came from Iowa and team snap came from Colorado. So I, I, I feel like there's a lot of segue there. A lot of, a lot of wig, I wouldn't say segue a little, a lot of wiggle room, for for some parent out there that's having an issue and they're going to end up solving that issue for youth sports. It's just solving problems and and honestly the whole time when he was talking it, it was just more so about him trying to create an overall better experience. That was what he kept going back to. It's like parents, players, coaches, directors, tournament directors, everybody, it should just be a better experience and through technology and through different innovate, innovative ways we can help create that. Yep. And his idea on live streaming with games, it, and people are going to be like, oh, he we didn't even get down there. Yeah, like, people are going to be like, oh, we already have that. Like, no. The ideas that he has on that is phenomenal. I, I, I can tell, like, when he talks about it, it just seems like, yeah, that's like a foregone conclusion. It should definitely go that route. But again, who's to say in five years it's not? You got to have Maybe somebody. Sooner. You got to have somebody that's going to be a catalyst and push that push that envelope forward. Mm-hmm. So today's episode is we're not going to go tech route, startup culture, anything like that. I got a really good question um, from one of our players, and it go it ties into what Dave wanted to talk about as well. And I'm just going to read the text, and then we'll we'll go off of that. And I, and I feel like it it's good for players and parents and coaches on this because um one it it'll because you always wonder how did that person get to that spot Mm -hmm. how do you become 
the dude. Now, I'm we're not going to be talking about like Jeff Bezos or um, Tim Cook or any any of those guys. Like that's like a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. I've I have not reached that status, and I and I don't know how how it is to get to that spot. Because, but I do want to sh- um, put in some insight on this because I have been around Major League Baseball players. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends is a major, actually two of my, three of my friends are Major League Baseball players, and I've known I've played with guys that were in the show. Mm-hmm. So the question was was I was wondering what what do professional baseball players do differently or better than college and high school players? I will backtrack, and I, and I know I just said we're not going to talk about startup culture, but when learning about startups, because I did do a startup called Tournament Guy, if no one knows what Tournament Guy is, um, it was a platform for to find tournaments, mm-hmm. and I started studying startup CEOs, like the founders, and one thing that really stuck out was um, the guy who started Y uh, Combinator. Do you know what y, com- y? Do you know who, what Y Combinator is? No. Y Combinator is um, it was like an incubator for startups. So you, it was kind of like Shark Tank, but okay. on steroids. Okay. So what these startups would do, they would apply for the Y Y Combinator, and then they would live in one space, and then they would build a product. Okay. A uh, number of big companies have come out come out of that. Big startups have come out of that. Okay. And he he said that you can't look at a corporate 500 company. You can't, you can't do that because they're at a different level than you mm-hmm. are. They have different resources that you have. And that's not your strong suit. They have their strengths, but they also have major weaknesses that you have that are strengths. Yes, do you want to get to that point where you are the CEO of a Fortune 500 company? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who doesn't want to be sure. that? I I would love to go IPO and then end up becoming this dude. No doubt. And he also said you can't compare yourself to the person that just got IPO'd, where he is. They're now reaching that stock level. They're going to have investors coming in, um, the retail investors. You can't compare yourself to that either because they're at a different level. They're trying to solve different problems. They have different strengths. They have different weaknesses. The only thing that you can compare to is you have to look at guys that are just a little bit farther than you are Mm -hmm. because then you're going to get ideas of, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Hmm, I should do that. That's why that works. Mm -hmm. It's the same way in a career. I can look at Jeff Bezos and I can look to, you name the CEO, and say, man, I love what he does. I can take a few things from him, but I can't do like the tactics of like, what do you do when you wake up? What do you do when um, you eat? How do you approach this? How do you approach that? Yeah, I'm going to get some tips, but I really need to know. That's why I like Andy Frisella a lot Mm -hmm. because he is still a small business. I can see what he's doing. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier of a path to understand, oh, that's what, I should be thinking about. That's how I should approach it. And he does a really phenomenal job on his podcast to share that idea of what he thought about when he was in your spot, in my spot, yep. in our spot right now, Right. which again, when we first started listening to him, we were a balls and strikes, mm-hmm. a small little baseball facility. Yep. We didn't have a conference room that we're in right now. Right. We literally had an office space with a one little table and then we'd have our meetings on a lunch table in a weight room. Mm-hmm. People need to do more of that to understand, like looking just a little bit past them to see, oh, that's what I need to do. That's kind of the hardest place to find it, though. You don't ever look there. No, it, it, because it's not it's promoted. Not easy. It's not. No one's promoting that. No. Like it. Do you do you would you want to promote what we did at Balls and Strikes? Be like, oh hey guys, look at us. We're well, that's where you want to get to. No. We're doing we're do, we're we're doing the weight room. We're yeah. having our meeting. Hey, check us out. Right. Not, no. No not one. At all. No one's gonna find that interesting. I wish I documented everything. Sure. Because then we can go back and be like, yeah, check this out. 
it's kind of cool that the podcast was part of that a little For bit. Sure. You, like, we knew that we were making the move. For sure. And we did a few videos there. Hey, I like it. I mean, I like looking back and remembering it because you, you never want to forget where you're at there, right? Where you've been, where you've come from. And so like with, with this player's question, you know, what what separates the professionals from the college, from the, from the high school? And by the way, if, if there are players listening to this, before I start talking on this, what that player did when reaching out to an adult coach and asking that question, that's a step that 99% of people never even ask. Mm-hmm. I, I want to I give kudos to that player, and I won't say who it is, but I want to give kudos to that player for actually asking that question because you can tell that he's literally sitting at home. It was last night, right, when he sent it? No, it was, it was today. today. Okay, so he's, he's sitting there thinking about it, and he's like, you know what? I want to know the next thing that's going to get me there. I want to know all the little things that are maybe not told and shared on TV. I want to know from a guy who's been there, how do I get there? What do I need to do? What what am I not doing right now that can help my career? So kudos to him for saying that. But to take that question into your analogy, don't be looking at the professional athlete. Those guys, you don't even to talk on a podcast, we, we'd have to spend days, weeks talking about the little things that they did day in, day out, the career jumps that they made, the choices they've made. That would be forever. And frankly, they don't remember. They probably don't. It, it, and that's the hard part about it is you're trying to get a memory recollection of what they did. That's so hard. Like I'm trying, I try to think back of what I did that because I, I had example I had Jackson Paisley come in and Matt mm-hmm. Paisley. Mm-hmm. Um, they listened to the show, and they Jackson had a phenomenal question, a bu- bunch of phenomenal questions. He's like, how do I get there? How do I know that I can be that guy? Like, I see these seniors walking around in the high school, and they're strutting their stuff because they know that they, they're, going to, they're going to college. Yeah, it seems that way, but I mean, there's some, there's probably some insecurities there that mm-hmm. that guy's dealing with sure. too, but I, it, it, re- it made a recollection in my head and it, it said, it was like, yeah, that seemed like it was impossible. Yeah. And it, it just, does. It was, it felt like it, there was a huge wall. Like, how do I even get there? Like I remember watching Max Scherzer pitching for Mizzou in the, in the playoffs yep. and everyone was centered around this TV and I was like, how do you even get there? Yeah. The the boring answer to that that nobody wants to hear, and whenever I say it to every single player or coach or whoever, they all look at me like, okay, well, thanks for the shove-off answer. But it's not. You just do it day in and day out and focus on your process. That's the boring answer. That's the answer that no one likes to hear because why? It's a long-term play. Well, no one wants a long. Well, they want the tip, they want the tips, the tricks, the strategies. They want the thing that's going to get me to where I want to go tomorrow. That doesn't exist, though. It doesn't. I can't give that one player who asked this question. I can't give him. Oh well, dude, if you just do this with your swing and this with your nutrition, and you watch this video, you're going to be there. That's the, that's that. Um, you know, the guy who's basically a snake oil salesman. That that's well they it's not a I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that term it's they thrive off of your hope sure and they exploit it like but, if they if you if you say how do like how do I I get there like oh you're this close like right. you yeah. if you just do this one thing or if you buy this software or if you, I'll show you everything that you need to do. I'm the path. I'm, um, what's the best way of describing it? It's like, uh, I'm the Yoda. Yeah. Which drives me absolutely nuts because you're preying on the insecurities of that person. That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That I could sit here and, and blow smoke up all these players' asses and be, and tell them over and over and over, hey, if you just do this one little thing or if you come play for the Tigers, you are guaranteed to get to the next level. Guaranteed. I guarantee you a scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, You'll never once hear me say that. Why? Because I can't guarantee that. I can't sit here and tell you what you're guaranteed for in a year. And this happens in every industry, though. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what's crazy about it. It happens in startup culture. Because I saw it in Tournament Guy. Like People would reach out to us and be like, hey, I can do this for you. That'll sure. exponentially grow your accounts. Sure. 
it happens in every industry. What I what I can tell you, what I can pseudo promise you is that if you show up every single day, work your ass off, day in, day out, ask questions like this, ask those questions about how you're going to get better, continuously stay in touch with your coaches, keep trying to change or add to your development program and keep trying to gain information and knowledge, then you're probably going to get somewhere. Is it the major leagues? I don't know. I can't tell you that. Is it college baseball? I don't know. Maybe your peak is to be a fantastic varsity player that gets you some accolades in your hometown. Maybe that's the best. Is that a problem? I don't know. I don't think so. But I can guarantee if you do those things, and again, that's not the sexy answer. No one wants to hear that, man. Nobody wants to. And more times than not, they'll, they'll walk away from you and be like, that guy sucks. That guy doesn't <laughs> want to give me any help. But in essence, that's, that's the answer you need. Because if you want to look at the professional players, okay, the major league guys, your, your, your boys, Luke Voigt, okay? Well, I watched Luke Voigt train in the offseason when he was a single-A player. And I didn't know him in college. Well, kind of. But I watched him train as a single-A player every day in the offseason, and there was nothing, there was no glory about that. Well, you, you saw Blaine Gabbert firsthand yeah. during high school. I mean, there was no glory about it. There was no, it was, there was no, like, cheat codes or secrets to it or hacks to get to the next level quick. There's nothing to that. It's simple sweat equity, work, learn, knowledge, gain. That, that's all that was. It's curiosity. I think curiosity is the biggest thing is always being curious of how to make yourself better. Not in a curious way of buying something, but more curious of how does my body work? How does my, um, how does my recruiting work? What is the ins and outs of a, of a scout? How does a scout work? What is, what, what's the level that, each scout is at. That's why I like the Jason Bell episode because he really deep dived yep. on the on the organizational chart. And if you're a player that's wondering about all this stuff, that's a good episode to listen yep. to because then you'll you'll know the other side of the table. So many guys are so consumed with themselves that they don't realize what's the other side thinking and mm -hmm. looking for. Because if you know that's why I like fishing so much, because I have to think like a trout. And that's that's really annoying because a trout is freaking dumb and they're always winning. Yep. Why are they always winning? Because they're in their natural habitat. I'm not, I'm trying to figure out how this stream works and I have to figure out what type of food they like and their food changes constantly. Well, it's the same thing. You've got to know what type of food that these coaches want. Let me ask you a question. If you had to ballpark the percentage, you've worked with a lot of players, same amount of players I've worked with. Okay. If you had to ballpark a percentage of players, that A, think like that, or B, have the guts to come up and start asking those questions, what would your percentage be? Less than 1%, maybe. That's I mean, a, I, I, I would say, that's not, I'd that's say not less fair. than five. That's not fair. I'd say, yeah. I'd say I mean, less there's, than there's five. More, there's more. And that's the problem. That, that, Do you that, think it's because they're scared? I think it's of, of, um, because teachers are, because in I, the educational system, teachers are viewed as this is law and order. Yeah. This, is, this is authority. I think there's a lot of answers to that. I think a lot of it prefaces on, one, I think players are just giving way too much nowadays. I think there's very little earned. I think back to my situation when I was younger, and I didn't play in anything fancy. In fact, I had the best thing that ever happened to me was I had two parents who never, ever knew anything about baseball. They, my dad didn't play. My mom never played. They watched it a little growing up, but maybe not much. But I was interested in it, so they knew, well, get your kid involved in it. They didn't know to what capacity or where to play or whatever. They went to a local association, signed me up, and said, hey, have at it, and left me alone. So what did I have to do? I had to go earn stuff. I had to go ask questions. I had to go learn the game on my own. Now, were they there to support me? Yes. But so many players these days have – everything's just given. They're put on the best teams. They're given the best instruction. There's – ample information out there to go find or just shows up on TV in front of them. They have no, they, they don't earn anything. So why would you expect them to literally now make the hard decisions, the hard choices, sacrifice other time to go do it? Why would you expect that? You're not. They just expect that because they play in the Rolling Tigers, they play for another club. 
that they're going to automatically well get a college scholarship, right? Then once I get to college, you know, I'll probably just keep progressing really well because, you know, it's college baseball and then I'll probably end up having a shot to play professionally one day and then, man, probably get a couple lucky breaks and I'll be on TV one day. That's how they think because everything's given to you so easily now. Nothing's hard. So I think that's where a lot of that stems from. They won't come up and ask the questions because they don't even know why they should. They just think it's going to happen. They have an idea. They think that idea is just going to come to fruition. The worst, best thing that ever happened to me. I explained it in one of the episodes, my recruiting story, where um, I was in club baseball um, and literally the coach told me, you're not going to. Right. You're not going to make it. Right. You're not a division one athlete. And uh, it was just, it was a huge shock to my system. Right. Mm -hmm. Worst season I've ever had. Like I, I hated, I hated that whole season. Disliked the coach, disliked all the teammates I had, but it was the best thing for me because it really made me want it more. Mm -hmm. It made me want to figure everything out when before that, I didn't have that. It was it was like you said what yeah. you just said. I was given everything. Sure. Pain and struggle is always a is not necessarily a bad thing. Pain and struggle you're going to learn more about yourself than anything else. I think that's probably the biggest learning curve you could possibly have as an adult. And and it forces you to take the initiative, which is something that is just sorely lacking. It forces you to take the initiative to take control of what you want. It's great to have those dreams. It's great to ask these questions. It's great to be in a good club. It's great to be, just have some sort of a path in front of you. But if you're not going to take that initiative day in, day out to make a logical choice as to what you're going to do to get better or ask a question to an adult or a coach or to sit down with your parents and talk, then how do you expect to get there? Are you going to have bumps in the road? A hundred percent. Are you going to fail? A hundred percent. Is it going to suck at times? A hundred percent. There's no way around it. But if you don't go through those little peaks and valleys, and if you don't continuously take the initiative and when you fail, get back up and, and pivot to the next thing, then there's no way you're going to get to where you want to get to. You're just going to get out of it and go on to the next thing. And you see it a ton. You see it all the time. Well, it's okay. You know, we'll find you else something else to do. It's okay. And maybe it is okay for that kid. Well, that kid might not be cut up for college baseball. Okay. That's there's, fine. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. And we'll find that out. But maybe you really were if you would have just made some, some choices or been pushed a little bit. At what point do you think parents need to step away? Well, I don't. Okay. I think we might. Okay. Dis- I think we okay. might disagree on this, but I, I, I right. want to hear your answer on it. My answer would be never, but in a different capacity. Parents, you have to understand that your kid has to be given enough room and space to learn and make mistakes. Stand on their own two feet. Correct. You cannot coddle them forever. They're gonna have to fail. They're gonna have to be put in tough situations. And then they're going to succeed too, right? And you have to be the support system. That's my never. That's what parents are there for. All the decisions and the conversations that can't be had with a coach, with a teammate, that can only be had with a parent, that's what you're there for. And those are the times where you're going to be needed the most. To talk about your kids, you know, his his motions or his what he's doing every day or really literally saying, well, Hey, you need to go to practice now, or you need to go do this, or you need to go do that. Remember, remember you have training tonight at eight 30. You better be there. That's not doing anything or that, even packing their clothes for him or that, even doing everything. That's what I, that's what I was thinking the most right there was, um, at what point do you stop doing that stuff? And my thought is, is that, um, high school ideally, sure. But again, that's not, ideal for a lot of people because yeah. it is hard to kind of break away from it. I, I know my mom and dad had a tough time doing that. Sure. And, those, and, they, and, they, and they were, and they were entrepreneurs. They were, they were, they were people that were, were constantly trying to figure out how to, how to make it better, uh, make themselves better. So what they did though was like my mom would say it all the time. Like at 15 years old, 
And she's like, it kills me to see that you're doing this. Right. But you're going to have to learn. And, I, and I'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. Cause I had no neural connection at all. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And they were so concerned about safety than anything else. Sure. That's sure. what, that's what, of that's course. what their major concern was. But going back to it, she would let me fail. I'm like, Oh, you didn't pack your practice gear. That sucks. Yeah. You're, you're going to look stupid. You didn't, there. you didn't pack your lunch. That sucks. Man, you're going to go real hungry. And that, and that literally like it, it happened right at high school. Boom. But again, it, it could be one of those things where maybe it's sophomore year. Well, and let me tell you, because we have a lot of parents of players and coaches who are listening to this. Me and you don't have kids. Yeah. I do not sit here pretending to understand what that feeling's like. Oh, I have no idea what that feeling I is. Don't. I just I just go off of what this is I was listening to my parents. This is strictly from my point of view of being a child yep. of parents. And then also being and a then coach. Being a coach. Yeah. And a and a you know, a guy who oversees and has seen a lot of kids come through this path. Seen a lot of parents, seen a lot of kids seen a lot of college coaches it's, it's weird because we're we're in that middle ground we see we see all the worlds i think the best thing that they can do though and and the guys who have the parents who i think have really done a good job in terms of getting their kids prepared in this area is they've made their kids ask questions they haven't mm-hmm. given them every piece of information maybe they've dangled that little carrot out there for them like got them started thinking down this road but then they stopped. They said, well, what do you think about it? What do you want out of it? You know, what do you think you need to do? Questions are a really good thing, and I'm not surprised it's coming from a son of a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's like I, I don't even allow kids now, and this is off tangent, but you'll hear me all the time when I'm talking to players. I'm like, how's your day, man? Or how was that last throwing session? What, what, what's their answer? Good. good. That was good. I'm like, hey, wow, that told me everything I need to know about that. Great job. Way to be descriptive. Hold on. Stop. Tell me exactly what went on. Give me some detail, man. I'd love to know about it. If you give me some detail, maybe I can give you some answers back. It's asking the right question. Yeah. It's it's digging. It's it's doing that introductory question, and then it gets them talking like good, and then giving them the next question. Oh, yeah. How did that feel? Good. Well, what do you mean by good? Like, what what's the what was the feeling like? You, you know who's really good at that? Yeah. Travis Griffin. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's really good. He he just. And all of a sudden, you've had an hour and a half conversation. Yeah, like you're like. You, <laughs> that was that's what was so funny about that with um and people that don't know Travis. He, we've talked about him previously on the podcast. He's gonna end up being a character on our show, and he's not, hasn't even been on the show. Yep. But he every time I coached with him. And I would have him in the car and I'd have like a bad day and he, and he'd just ask a question and I'm like, that's okay. And then he just opened me up just ever so slightly. And next thing you know, I'm laughing and giggling and he's, and then he ends up, we're sharing stories about his kids. And then next thing you know, we're talking about, um, about history and then the players that he's working with. And then you have a two hour conversation. Well, you know what? You know what would be a crazy experiment? I don't know why I was just thinking about this, but you, you turned me on to this one. What if we had, what do you, we, let's say we have 150 players in our high school program, right? Roughly. What if we had all 150 players out there together at one time? And we walked out there. Come on, St. Louis, right? St. Louis, yeah. Okay. And I just picked that, but, and said that we had our whole coaching staff up here, okay? collective knowledge information 200 plus years okay easily so much baseball information well different experiences so like many different experiences guys that played pro ball coach pro guys, ball yeah, yeah everything yeah. and we said listen right here you have every piece of information that you will ever need to get to the path that your place that you want to get to but we as a coaching staff will not approach you, the player, and give it to you. If you ask, we will certainly answer that question and probably give you a next step. You know, you know. I, I think they'd struggle with that because they don't know how to ask questions. They ask the right, That's what que- I'm saying. right questions. That I don't know, it, and again, I'm not in education. Maybe Di can speak on this yeah. more. Do they teach kids how to ask questions? Because like back, back when I was in grade school, it was the who, what, where, when, why, and then, then we moved on to the next topic. Mm-hmm. We didn't really learn like 
all of that. And that's a monumental, I'm, I'm surprised they don't go fully in depth in that, which is the who, the what, the where, and the why. That is such a monumental I will, I will ask her. question block. Because if we don't, and I even look at us, like we should be teaching that. Yeah. At a young age, you know, but maybe we suck at that. Maybe we need to figure that we one probably out. Probably do. And, but I would literally say to a player, and I've told him a million times, I go, don't expect me to give you everything. If I give you everything, then I'm doing you a disservice. But if you ask me for everything, I'll give it to you. Now, how crazy is that to think? If you continuously ask me, like, I'm an open book, you know that about me. If that if a player walked in here today and said, hey, can I have a 30-minute conversation? I would stop anything that I'm doing at that moment and go have a conversation with him and go talk to him. Anything you got, what do you got? I'm here to help. That's my job. Isn't it funny, like, to- toddlers, they get in that um, question form. Oh, they ask everything. Where, where they go, why? And then you go, you answer, why? Then you answer it again. And it goes deeper in the yeah. whys. Yep. Whatever happened to that for, like, kids, like, Maybe it's because of parents like, just shut up. I don't know. (laughs) But I think you could go to, I think you could go to any reasonable coach who's in it for the right reasons. And if you kept not being annoying to the certain extent, you know, respecting their time, they're, they're there to coach, they're there to help. Right. And, and they have lives outside of coaching, but I guarantee if you call them and ask them respectful questions and continuously try to build that relationship, you're going to have a guy who's going to give you every win, every fail, every piece of information that he's ever learned. But players aren't willing to do that. They're scared. That's that, that's the truth. And maybe it's a coaching problem too. Maybe we're maybe sometimes we're unapproachable. I don't know. I'm sure. Well, look. I mean, every I mean, player it this every way. player that I've had, they've said that Spiker, man, I was I was freaking scared of you. You yeah, were, I mean, you're a scary dude. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I mean, we are positions of authority. I mean, I don't think I come off as a dictator or anything like that. <laughs> My way or the highway, you're going to run and you're not going to play or anything like that. I don't think I come off like that, but we are positions of authority, and and they are still teenagers and below, right? So we have to understand that. But I also want – players understand too that at some point it's okay to ask it's okay to approach an adult it's a it's okay to ask tough questions or think about these types of tough questions because i guarantee this player didn't know that we were going to do a podcast on this and i'm going to make him listen to it maybe players are afraid of the coach just saying because i said so or who do you think you are yeah to ask that question probably i've i i've I bet you I, I'm I'm a favor of that is asking questions so tough that it in, if you can really tell a person's character mm-hmm. if they say how dare you ask that mm-hmm. who do you think you are you're just some 15 year old punk right then you really know where your coach stands sure you're like that's a dude that I really don't want to get taught by no not at all but the good ones oh, the guys who are in it they'll answer it that's what I that's what I liked about Coach Gutton so much is when I went against him, he didn't say, how dare you? It was more like, okay, we'll see how it goes. But G's also a guy who I guarantee if you would have taken the initiative and gone back into a room and you probably did this a million times into his office and said, I need to, I need to talk to you about these certain things or this in my life or this about my game or whatever, he would have probably taken two hours out of his day to sit down and talk to you. Oh, without a doubt. Was I mean, he going to pull you back there? Well, we're know. we're at the ABCA, and I'm we're sitting there right before we're about to go on the convention floor, and G pulls us off. He he, literally the dude walks, and like everyone stops him. He's, he's a and I didn't and I didn't stop him. He literally stopped and said, "Spiker, what's up, man? How's it going?" Yep. And he could have gone all the way because he's probably meeting somebody or whatever, sure. and sat down for us for thirty minutes. And it didn't seem like he wanted to leave. It was more of he was, it was a surprise. He was, in, he was in the moment. He was surprised and he said anything else is no worries. Right. So I'm going to sit down and talk to Spike and um, talk to Dave and see what's going on with the Tigers land. Yep. I think that's, a, that's an amazing attribute because, again, with such a busy world, he was able just to take 30 minutes out of his day and talk about his family and then learn about us. So it it's was a lost it was art, really cool. man. 
we didn't even really answer the question on on pro on pro college and um, high school players. What's the difference? Okay. Here's how I would answer it. It's exactly where you started off, Spike. It's it's my 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 initial answer would be, well, let's look at how you can become a consistent varsity player first, or a consistent high school player first, or a consistent college player, wherever you're at. Okay. But then I'd preface back to it. I'd go back and say, well, think about what they did day to day. Think about what they did to get to that next step. We're always trying to look four steps down the road. And that's great because that's where the dream is. Yeah. And well, you, you look see, at those you gotta, players. You got to see yourself there. Well, and, and you look at those players and you're like, well, they've got it figured out. They made the highest level. They've got it figured out. And you're not wrong. Most 99.9% of them got there because of the, their path, not because they just woke up out of bed and they throw 98. So you're right. They have a lot of answers. But I think if you ask them, they would probably go back to your shoes where you're at today and talk to you about what they did tomorrow and what they did the next day and the influential people they had around them to help them and how they were always seeking out information they were always seeking out that next little nugget that was going to help them get get better, level up. And then if it if they got that information and it didn't work, how did they pivot? How did they change? How many changes did they make throughout their career? Because ask any one of those guys. It wasn't just, I found this one thing in high school and it's worked for me ever since. Never are they going to say that. It's something that, oh, I found this out and this helped me get here. But then it didn't work there. Because that competition level got exponentially better. So now I had to pivot. I had to change my game up. Now I had to learn this asset about myself. Or I or I became a better base runner. I became this or whatever. And then all of a sudden, that got me a little bit better. But then it stopped working. Then it kind of plateaued. Then I had to figure out the next thing. And then the next thing. And that's where surrounding yourself with people who are there to help, who have a ton of information to share, being willing to take the initiative and ask any of those questions that you want. And trust me, you can't, the good coaches out there, you can approach them with anything. And it's not just sports related, anything. If I have a piece of information that I know can help you and you ask it, I will give it to you. If I don't have that info, I will find someone who can. I won't leave you hanging. Neither will Spike, neither will anyone, any good coach that I know. But just continue to do it. And I know that's not a fun sexy answer but it's the truth in my opinion i would say the best thing would be if i'm a freshman right now let's just say i'm a freshman i'm looking at varsity and i'm thinking to myself if if it was me i'm i'm, I'm better than those guys have a little bit of ego um gotta have a little ego to know that you're gonna be there again you have to have the skill set to have that ego but also i would look at the staff and say okay that guy's in my position what what is he doing right that is better than me mm-hmm. and then i look at the other positions I'm like what does that guy bring to the table and then i'll look at myself and do be a little bit humble so you got to have that ego and you got to have be, be humble then from there as i start growing into my varsity trying to get into b varsity I would look at college. I would start going to college games. I did this when I was young. Mm. Dad took me to a Mizzou, Mizzou game. We sat literally right behind Purdue when Mizzou was playing Purdue. And he said, do you think you could play here? Without a doubt, I said in my head, yeah, I could definitely play here. And then fast forward six years, I ended up playing against Mizzou on that field in mm-hmm. that dugout. But some people might say, oh, that's very egotistical. You're, you're living in a pipe dream. Your dad was feeding you um, a dream that, how did he know that was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's kind of manipulative. Like, no. He knew that I, I had skill sets. Again, you have to have the skills. Mm-hmm. You can't substitute that. That goes back to the priority list I talked about a couple episodes ago. You got you to gotta have your priorities set straight. You got to have skill acquisition, skill mastery. Mm-hmm. I was acquiring those skills and I was building those skills. I had one tool that was really good and yeah, in my head I could play there. Mm-hmm. Now, once after, after that conversation happened, I was looking out there and I was really thinking about it. Could I really play here? 
what does that guy have that I don't? And mm-hmm. I was looking at the center fielder, and I was looking at the shortstop, and I was looking at the second baseman, and I was looking at the pitcher because I was a pitcher at the time. And it kind of dawned on me, like, oh, I need I need to work out a little bit mm-hmm. more. Maybe if I progress, like, I guess year after year, I'll get better, right? And it was just a very naive thought. Like, sure. I just naturally get better. Then junior year happened, and that's where it really kicked me into high gear. Mm-hmm. So to answer the player's question, is you're always thinking to yourself, I can play there mm-hmm. with the skill sets that you have and then trying to figure out what you don't have that needs to get better. Now, pro ball, I never made it to Major League Baseball. I've never made it to um, affiliated ball. I've played with a lot of guys that played in Major League Baseball and um, played in affiliated ball. In my opinion, there was no difference. Now, kind of looking back on it, I was a dime a dozen. I was just a switch hitting guy that could hit for power a little bit. And I was very athletic. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of guys out there that can do that. There was not a special tool that I had that um, would set me apart to give someone a reason to draft me. Sure. Um, So, again, luck didn't go into my favor. Went to some other guy. Hopefully he made it to the big leagues. Right, it was probably Luke. Yep, <laughs> but Luke, 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 in all in all reality, he's he he was way better, and the tools were already there. You could already see it when yep. I was there at Missouri State. Like I thought, like that guy's gonna make it. Um, and then Pierce Johnson, who's with the Padres right now, it was yep. like a, it was like a no brainer. The guy throws ninety four with a nasty slider. Yep. Um, that looks like Weaver's slider. I was like, There's, I, I can't do that. But for them. And, and watching them work, it was the same process that I went through. I felt like Luke was a hard worker. Um, we worked out a lot. Pierce was a very hard worker. Um, so the, it goes back to your point. They constantly pounded the pavement, and they tried to reach new heights. Their heights were farther than mine, and they were farther mm-hmm. than all my other teammates. Yep. So, again, you have to have the skill sets to get to that next level. And it goes back to the Jason episode where I just, I love how he talks about minor league baseball. He's like, you're good, but you're not that good. good." But I mean, again, you're good Yeah, because it's true. If you make it to college baseball, you're You're good. Top 7%. You're good. Really good. You're really good. Yeah. There were 93% of high schoolers that you were better than. Yeah. It it doesn't, it didn't dawn on me. I was telling, I was telling Matt Paisley this in the conversation we had is that I didn't realize like, it feels like we're, we're just, it's just average, right? I'm just an average guy in in this baseball world, but marrying an Indian woman and going to Indian functions and those people don't know the sports world. They just don't. And the people they marry don't are in the sports world. I'm the only sports dude in there. Mm-hmm. Like they, they find it interesting. Um, they, they play, they play sports, but they don't, they didn't play it for money. Mm-hmm. And they think it's crazy that I did that. So think to yourself, if you're, if you see a minor leaguer and you say, Oh, that guy's not that good. Get over yourself. Oh, yeah. That guy's really good. He's just not as good at the major, major league level. Think about it. You have 30 clubs. And how many players are on that team? 24? 28? Is yeah. it it's a 30-man roster? What is well, it? 40-man. 40-man roster. that's not on the But you club. 40 dudes yeah. times 30. Not that many. That's not that many. That's yeah. not that many players. In the world. In the world. You're facing the world. Yep. I mean... Think about that. That's an astronomical number. But again, don't let that deter you away from thinking about that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing as an entrepreneur going into the marketplace. Like Todd Lola, that's why I love talking to him. 8% of businesses succeed, right? Like Mm -hmm. becoming the big deal. He was one of those guys that was a unicorn that ended up making it out. Mm -hmm. So... To answer the full question, keep on looking forward just above you and then look forward two steps, then look forward three steps, but make sure that you pay more attention to the first step. Is that my closing pitch? Are we doing closing pitch? How we, we can do whatever do? you want. What's your closing pitch? All right, here you go. Since you brought up Todd, there was something I wanted to bring up to him, so maybe he'll listen to this and he'll get this a little short or something like this, but it'll, it'll give a really good analogy to what I would think this player should do next. 
Todd, if they if you didn't listen to that episode, was the, the co-founder of Turning co-founder Machine. of Turning Machine. He, um, I would, I think he had the original idea. Well, it might have been the Lynch guy, uh, his cousins that helped out with the idea. I'm not for sure. I but. mean, arguably one of the best pieces of technology to enter the youth sports world ever. Okay, mm-hmm. ended up selling it off. So you would think he just that dude's real smart, which he is, but he had it all figured out wrong. He didn't. I think he told us that for four years he was, you know, beating the pavement trying to get it going and trying to make. He it was work. doing the schedules yep. for Tom Davidson. Yep. Well, if you know pastime tournaments. That dude runs so many tournaments. And that's what I was getting to. That situation where he approached a big tournament company trying to get his name in the market, just trying, and would do anything to do it. He got the answer no, and he said, "I'm going to drive and I'm going to meet you." And then he made he made that conscious decision with no guarantee to make that drive. That was a the next day that he made the choice. That was a choice that paved his path for the whole rest of his career in that space, right? Which is crazy to think about because that's gas money. If he didn't, yeah. You, he, you're literally going negative on this move and you're going negative on your time. Right. If he did not make that conscious choice to not accept that no, not get in his car, not go have that conversation, not take on the daunting task of scheduling an entire 2000 team entry tournament listing for the next whole summer for a nothing. What I love about that is that right there nada, is literally get paid anything to do it is literally not even thinking about like systematically thinking about it. He's just like Tom, Tom gave him the range and like, Hey, right. if you do my schedules, you can do it. Yeah. He's like, yeah, let's do it. If he D- didn't even think the problem child of it, if he didn't take that action the next day, he, who, who knows where it would have ended up? Who knows if you're not seeing some other, scoring deal on every game that we play in throughout the summer. So my point to that story was, yes, there's a pipeline dream of becoming a professional, wondering what they did. But my point would be, what are you going to do tomorrow to make that difference? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to ask? Who are you willing to ask? And, and how much do you care? Todd obviously cared. I mean, he basically gave away X amount of hours thousands of hours on a, on his dream and made a conscious decision the next day to go after it and, and be basically willing to do anything, willing to ask anybody, willing to beat down the doors of anybody who can help him. That would be what I'd say you need to do. In hindsight, 2020, it's like a no brainer. Like, Oh yeah, I would definitely go down to see Tom and do if the scheduling. Oh the company yeah. The, if you're, uh, if, you, if you knew you were going to get an exit. Yeah. But that, I mean, think about you know the, you're going to be in the major leagues in 10 years. Well, sure. Okay. The pressure and the amount of money that you're, you're spending to make that decision and pull the trigger and say, hell yeah. That's the same thing with a career, which mm-hmm. is, should I go to Perfect Game and do a showcase? I don't know. That's that might that I might not need to do that. Oh, PBR. Should I do PBR? Should I play club baseball? I mean, I want to play at the University of Notre Dame. Too much thinking. You gotta act. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta. You gotta put. Should something I call in that coach up? Should I put in that ten-digit number and say, "Hey, can I talk to you for a minute?" There's there's so I mean there's so many things you can do for free right now mm-hmm. to to move the needle forward, and then you get to that point where you're gonna have to make the decision of, all right, we're spending money on this, we're gonna do this, I'm gonna get that strength trainer, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get that hitting coach that everyone's talking about and do lessons with him, and evaluate and make sure that he's the right fit, or I'm gonna I'm gonna get onto that competitive team. Or that competitive club because they they've they've got they've got it figured out they got the best coaches and they're gonna go play a competitive schedule. It's all a piece of that pie, but my my last thing I'd say is don't be afraid to take action. Just take action. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you fail, you fail. But keep taking action. Don't wait for it. Don't hope it comes because it's not. Nothing falls in your lap. Take action. Well, that's like with our our stuff making the decision of bringing on more staff. Where, or, where's our company going to pivot? Which move yeah, are we going to make Or what, what software do, are we going to buy to make sure that we're able to, to function a lot better? Like that, everyone has to make a decision on mm-hmm. something. I mean, think about Aaron. Like I can only imagine, we, we can have him on again about, about this. Now screw him, he's the boss. I don't want him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just thinking about the things that he has to think through on a consistent basis because he has to make the decision. Sure. He's the last he's the last final straw on the decision making. Mm-hmm. You gotta be but, a, you but, gotta, uh, but I, I'm not afraid to say this because I know he's not going to fire me. But I'm sure he's failed. Yeah. He'll tell you that. He'll yeah. tell you 100%. His favorite quote is like, ready, aim, fire. Let's go, boys. Right? He loves that action. Now, we, we sometimes got to slow it down to make sure that we're all making the right decision. He's all I'm just giving it. But he's, trouble, good at but, ju- he's a good but at adjusting, he, though. He really is. But, again, he is, he is a perfect example of this. There's no way. That guy's not afraid of action. If he believes in it and he's done his homework and the guys and people around him and he's asked questions, he, let's go. Pull let's it. take that next step. Pull the trigger. That's it. I'm just going to leave that as your closing pitch, and okay. that's going to be my closing pitch too. So Boom. That's that's We're going to end it out there. Are you cool with that? I'm fine. Or do you want me to have a closing no, pitch? No, I liked it. Guys, make sure you subscribe to the show. I keep on forgetting to do this in the beginning. Um and I, I truly believe that this is a top-level podcast because of the conversations that we're having outside of the mics. And those are the most important conversations to me. I, I love having impromptu meetings in the facility where it's stirring up conversation and it's really making me better. But more importantly, I'm, I'm, I'm getting some feedback from you guys on topics that are truly important to you. And I want to make that my, for me, that's important to me. And I want to, I want to figure out these, these thoughts. Like example, we were talking, we were talking about um, mental health the other day Mm -hmm. and bringing on China, possibly China McCarthy with uh, Jaeger sports. She doesn't know that yet. He doesn't, he doesn't know that yet. So if you start DMing like, Oh, I can't (laughs) wait. He has no idea. So don't, I mean, unless you want to do that and he'll kind of freak him out. But I find that an interesting route because again, I don't know much about that. Mm-hmm. I've never had those issues, but I'm intrigued to learn mm-hmm. um, because if I'm able to learn and know that it's going to make me a better coach and a yep. better person and be able to handle certain situations a little bit better. So keep on t- giving us these conversations um, outside the mics. It really helps us and also make sure that you give us a review um, those, f- those five stars mean so much to us. We have, I think 34 now. Yep. I would love to get that to a hundred at some point. Yep. And that's only, I, I can't go in there and give us a five star. I don't want to, I mean, I just can't do that. We need your help on that. So if you guys could go out there, give us a five star review. Um, I don't think you have to put your name in there. If you want to go anonymous, I know how that is with some people. Um, and I know some people don't like to have a social media presence, but if you can go outside your comfort zone for us and give us that five-star review that helps us with getting more guests, which makes this show a lot better. Um, and also gives us fuel to the fire and opens up more conversations for us. So if you guys could do that, that'd be a huge benefit to Dave and I. It would help with time. Anything else on that? No. All right, guys, we will catch you in the next episode. See y'all. Thank you for watching or listening or both to The Closing Pitch. If you would like to get your closing pitch featured on the show, we use a podcasting app called Anchor where you can submit your statement or question via audio. Or what you can do is comment in the comment section of this post. We also accept direct messages. Please give us the A-OK if you do send us a DM to use your statement or question on the show. Last thing, please give us a review on your platform of choice, five star preferably, and we value your opinion and this allows us to reach more people. Thank you for listening and we will catch you in the next episode.